Marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States, and we haven't begun to find out all of the ill effects. The war on drugs has been an utter failure, and I think that we need to rethink and decriminalize our marijuana law. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. This is Mike Madrid, the publisher of California City News and the recently launched CaliforniaMarijuanaPolicy.org. And this is R.E. Grasswich, enjoying myself as a contributor to CaliforniaMarijuanaPolicy.org. We're talking to you today on Closed Session, a podcast we've recently launched to bring you the best and brightest views of the opinions of the best and brightest. Stick with us. Welcome back to Closed Session. I'm R.E. Grasswich, alongside Mike Madrid and Rob Karinke. And we're here at the uh, Grassroots Lab in, in Sacramento, the Grassroots Lab Studio. Headquarters. Headquarters. Yeah. The world headquarters. Studio and headquarters. Global headquarters. Sacramento satellite office. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rob's in our Long Beach. So he, that, he, that really is the mothership. And he does so very well. He does great. Yes. There's an interesting phenomenon, and I think this has taken place uh, up and down the state, but I, I know it's happening in Sacramento. Sacramento may be ground zero for this. There is a real estate war that has broken out over commercial properties that you would never, ever think would be worth anything. These are broken down old warehouses in, in out-of-the-way neighborhoods. Nobody pays any attention to. These places have been vacant or driven by or, or you, who knows what they've been used for in the past. But suddenly, in a place like Sacramento, they are extremely valuable because they, they are becoming sites for indoor cannabis growing. Now, Sacramento is about to, to issue uh, use permits, entitlements, for folks to legally grow indoors in these warehouse neighborhoods. Just passed an ordinance to get this going. They did, and they're going to be issuing these things within the next couple of months, this spring and summer. And so there is a, a, there are, a turf war has broken out over the, the local guys who, who want to get into the indoor grow industry, commercial industry, who have been working either in dispensaries or growing on the side or doing, you know, working sort of in the gray area. Right. But they want to be legal, so they want to get their use permits. And now there's these, these this group of guys called our people called swoopers who are coming in with, with venture capital money, big money, coming in from out of town, coming in from who knows where, maybe China, maybe San Francisco, who knows Why do you go to China immediately, Bob? Um, well, I'm getting to that. Okay. I'm getting to that. It's a good question. <laughs> this is, what's happening is, is the phenomenon we've seen in the Bay Area, though, in, in oh. terms of residential real estate, where you've got these cash buyers coming in, often, often from overseas, yeah. buying up houses throughout the Bay Area. And, and these are real estate plays. Those are real estate plays, And yes. they're flipping the properties, or they're actually no, trying they're, to... They're Actually, they're trying to hold on and invest, and uh, and they, they want to grow um, product indoors with a use permit. So it's become a real interesting battle between the factors, between the locals and these, these out-of-towners. It sounds like former redevelopment properties to me, right? Industrial space from uh, economy and time gone by, where the city's probably been trying to figure out what to do with them. They're realizing they can't have a city walk in every part of the city, and those industries are not coming back. So they've got old rusting warehouses ready to go. New industry pops up, marijuana industry. They've got an ordinance already because most of these cities that have these spaces are in the urban core. Mm -hmm. A lot of these cities were built around those economies that don't exist anymore. Got tons of warehouse space, perfect for indoor growing. And cities 
uh, are now just bringing on, they're permitting to say, okay, you've been selling here, it's worked out for the past five, six, eight, 10, 15 years. Now we're gonna try out growing and a whole new gentrification of driven by marijuana is happening. Exactly, exactly. And this is probably happening in the retail space as well with dispensaries? Not so much because dispensaries are so few and far between. They're really carefully watched, for one thing. I mean, they're, they're, you can't just open a dispensary anywhere. Whereas you've been able to grow pretty much anywhere in the gray area. It's an illegal operation at this point, but it's happening all over Sacramento. And no one's elsewhere. cracking down. And no one has been cracking down for, for the last few years. Obviously, they did years ago, but not in recent years. So what you're having, though, and you're seeing this in Oakland, and I think you'll see it in Sacramento and some other cities, where you've got those city leaders are now saying, we have to, um, or should we, should we write ordinances that, that protect locals? You know, that actually require you to be a local before you can buy property, before you can get a, a conditional use permit. Locals only. Locals only or locals for a number of, of years or locals, a percentage of locals or, you know, something along those lines. That's what's happening. Seems and I, like it would be rife for someone just finding a, you know, straw man. Front. Mm -hmm. right. And that happens too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's job creation. Yeah, and it's job creation. It, no, it is. It's no question. But I mean, I say that like jokingly, but if you think about how many cities across the state have these vacant warehousing properties, you know, and you can talk about them as, you know, these dilapidated vestiges of our manufacturing past in the state that have been fallow for many years, there's probably nothing coming back, right? And as Mike mentioned, redevelopment's gone, so there's no real way to, you know, for the city to finance their improvement. Um, this is the new industry that's mm -hmm. available there to come in. But I think the question becomes: though, is is it should it be a free for all? Uh, best you know the best man wins, or should it be? Should there be some protection for the guy who, who's from Sacramento? And I'm sympathetic. You can probably tell I'm sympathetic to this guy, the, the guy who is who's the local, little guy, the little guy, the mom and pop, the mom and pop guy, cultivation <laughs> operation, <laughs> yeah, the mom you know, and pop drug dealer, the mom and pop drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Yeah. Um, the guy, at least the, the person who's who's invested in the community and who's going to be here for a while and who's not just looking for a quick buck. Well, and it seems like. Like the smaller operators have been getting the short end of the stick all over. They always all do. All over Prop 64, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a lot of it seems to be favoring these large operators. And um, what are the upsides and downsides of that? I mean, the upside of more money probably means more resources, more expertise, theoretically. Is there room for the kind of like bespoke specialty craft operation, right? Like we've seen in other. I would hope so, yeah. If you're a legacy grower, if you've been doing it for a number of years, um, boutique grower, that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and these guys are throughout California, there's 50,000 of them in California. You know, I mean, there's a lot of them, Pri primarily uh, Humboldt, Mendocino, obviously, but but they're up and down the state. You now have the opportunity to see your, your business pulled up from under you because you can't compete financially with these guys coming in from China, if I can say that, yes. <laughs> without offending Mike, <laughs> or wherever, <laughs> Silicon Valley, yeah. or you name it, where with guys with, with cash. I'm a free market guy, but should we take a look at this uh, from a policy decision? I'm not sure how you stop it. I mean, I, I mean, barring having maybe somebody who's currently operating a dispensary, maybe is that what you mean? Allowing them to have those permits first? No, uh, not necessarily. Resident I mean, of the city, resident of the city, some or someone who can show that they've done business in the city for for a number from X number of years. Not necessarily in the marijuana space, but has some sort of stake in the community. Well, yeah, exactly. Marijuana would be fine, but it, but not necessarily. Again, someone who's not a straw man, uh, some someone who who does have some roots in the community. I think there should be some protection for those guys. Now, again, you guys will laugh at me because this is your free market guys, and I am too, really. But 
You're my, not really. A little bit. Part of my, part of my, I read about it one of the book once. I did. I, I met a guy once who was my friend's cousin. Anyway, there's I, I think where you're the going. fabric of a community, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's something to Those are the marijuana that. growers that built America. They are. <laughs> we need to look out for the little guy. You guys could have laughed. It just seems like another, I mean, it's, it's another example of just what's going on in California in many facets, right? If you look at the residential side, which I think we, we kicked off talking about, you know, who in the Bay Area hasn't tried to buy a house and had like a cash only buyer swoop in. I mean, that's happening in all of the kind of major areas. This is just like another example of large dollar investors squeezing out the little guy in California. Yep. Right. And I know there will be pressure put on on our on our policymakers, on our lawmakers, um, local, state and, and countywide, really, to to do something about this. Now, whether they do or not is another issue. In Oakland, they have. In Oakland, they've written an ordinance that it, it's extremely complicated. I wouldn't even begin to talk about it on this podcast, but it and it's convoluted. And it, it's it, they, they were making this thing up as they went the other the other night in Oakland. From the dais, which is not a good way to make law, as you. But that's know. Oakland. That's Oakland. Yes, yeah. so Oakland's the anomaly. But they were writing in these protections for locals, and and then, and then they they added race on top of of. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask that because when, look, let's be candid. When you start talking about huge amounts of money moving in, you're generally not talking about Latino or African American money coming in. There's not too many people of color funds out there that are ensuring that there is some diversity in the industry. Maybe there doesn't need to be. I don't know. But I'm guessing that that's going to be a front to be waged in this space at some point in time. That's correct. And I think what's happened is, and we all know that they are the ones, that those two groups that you mentioned in particular, are the ones who paid the price by going to prison, by being arrested, by... Um, and a big share of the market. And, and they're a big share of the market. market. And um, and they were targeted by by law enforcement for many, many years, much more so than their, than their uh, white counterparts. Um, and that's statistic. I mean, that's that's provable. I'm not just making that part up. Right. Um, so the rest, maybe you are. Some of it, but yeah. <laughs> so one real quick, kind of an aside here. Just a, a, just got my wheels spinning about city cities and redevelopment. What's to do with uh, facilities that are no longer in use? Coalinga, city of Coalinga. I saw this article come up. Converted its prison to a grow space. The entire prison, and so this broken down city with very little tax base. Apologies, Coalinga, is now. Uh, teeming with tax revenue because they have gotten into the marijuana space with an empty prison facility out in the middle of Colinga. We should go there and check that we out. We should do a that site would, tour. That would be a good I site. Think there's tour. an in and out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the heart disease. That's about it. I think, right. But yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating dynamic. Again, as the economics of marijuana starts to play out at the local level. Yes, and the, the policies are shifting as we speak, and um, and and again, cities, counties, and, and even at the state level, they've got to deal with this. Um, they're they're going to, and I think you'll see more and more. I, my bet is that you'll see more and more cities and counties trying to protect their local interests as opposed to having a free-for-all. A swoop-stopping ordinance coming to your local government. Maybe. Until next time, thanks for joining us on Closed Session. Mike Madrid, Bob Graswich, and Rob Krinky signing off. Thanks for listening. You've been part of this Closed Session podcast. Appreciated having you spend the time with us this afternoon. Yeah, for Mike Madrid, I'm R.E. Graswich. Stay tuned for the next edition of Closed Session. Closed Session.